everybody. Uh, I'm Phil First. I'm the CEO uh, at HFS Research, and I'm joined with my esteemed colleague, Sora Gupta, who's our president of Research and Advisory. Uh, we've just completed uh, a really exhaustive study on automation services, and we thought we'd share a few snippets uh, of this research with you today, because we see 2023 in particular as, as we call it the year of the autonomous enterprise. And a lot of this is because, um, you know, big changes are often triggered rather than driven. And, you know, we go back to 1995 and the advent of the internet, that really drove globalization. In 2008 was like the second big trigger when the Great Recession really brought about um, a lot of low-cost offshoring of IT in particular. And then we see this new trigger happening around now, which is uh, an economy that is uh, complexified very much by inflation, by an energy crisis, um, uh, by some recessionary activities. And we really think that as we move into next year, combined with a lot of the chaos driven by work from home and this return to work, um, automation is really becoming of age. And a lot of this is because I think if you're an operations leader today, you're expected to be able to run uh, an automation initiative. You need to figure this out or, you know, you're going to be uh, cast aside. It's, 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 it's similar as that. You need to be on top of how to look at your operations, simplify them, figure out how your processes and workflows operate more effectively to get the data you need to be successful as you move forward. And so we really think that there's been a lot of development in technologies that enable automation. We started with RPA 10 years ago. We've seen uh, a lot more development going on in document processing, in AI, in uh, chatbots, which have become digital associates and even digital employees is what we're calling them a lot now. Um, so we're seeing a lot of advancements in emerging tech. And I think next year, we're going to see some layoffs, unfortunately. I think businesses are struggling in the current economic climate um, and companies are going to be simplified. And they need to figure out how to automate fast to be more effective, uh, to be more sustainable, and they need it to fill the void in, in a tough economy. Uh, so I'm going to hand it to Sora to talk a bit about what we learned during our research. We covered all the major service providers of automation solutions. Uh, to share a little bit about what we saw in the research and who did well, who, who did great, and, and what these horizons mean as we look at relationships between enterprises uh, and service providers. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Uh, so look, as, as Phil mentioned, we, we looked at 18 leading automation service providers. And you know the thing to note is all 18 are, uh, are pretty strong uh, service providers. What we were trying to do was to align them with the three horizons framework that we have for, for innovation, where horizon one is really about, you know, driving functional uh, transformation, uh, you know, through, through more driving better outcomes. These are typically around savings, cost efficiencies, productivities, et cetera. Uh, Horizon 2 then takes a more enterprise-wide view uh, around automation and not just drives your cost savings and productivity, but also drives significantly improved uh, stakeholder experience, whether that's employee experience or customer experience or even partner experience. And then Horizon 3 is about driving completely new sources of value, right? Can the service provider partner with the enterprises 
to not just drive savings and productivity, but also drive growth, uh, right? What are, how is automation going to be leveraged as a strategic vehicle to drive completely new sources of value? So those were the three horizons that we looked at these 18 service providers. And I think five really stood out, um, Phil, when we when we looked at these 18. And, and those were the sort of horizon three service providers uh, that we positioned. And let me let me just go through these five, uh, uh, you know, very quickly to see to say what what stood out for us, and uh, and I'll go go with these five alphabetically uh, uh, because all five are are great. Uh, the first one is Accenture, right? I I think what we liked about Accenture was their Accenture One philosophy and their organization structure around Accenture One, which completely aligns with the HFS One office. In fact, they've now built a one asset architecture um, across the entire length and breadth of Accenture, which has these repeatable IP solutions. And I feel, you know, if you look at the service provider landscape, Accenture is one service provider which can drive strategy and execution at scale. You know, there are companies that we evaluated who can drive really strong strategy. Uh, you know, Bain, for example, is a part of our uh, landscape very strong on strategy, but what about execution, right? And I think Accenture is one which drives that strategy and execution at scale. I think the other provider that uh, impressed us really was Capgemini. Um, and I think true to the HFS, one office and one ecosystem, they are starting to infuse automation into everything that Capgemini does, uh, you know, from business services uh, to applications, uh, to even Capgemini Engineering, uh, Sogetti, Capgemini Invent, you know, every business unit that Capgemini has, this automation practice sits at the center of this. And I think that approach will, will drive what they are calling the frictionless enterprise, right? Because you can't look at automation as just, you know, restricted to business or IT or, or something else. It needs to drive uh, across the end-to-end uh, -end enterprise. Um, the third Horizon 3 service provider was Cognizant, uh, you know, and they've recently launched this enterprise automation practice. Uh, and what we like about them is their industry orientation, right? They're focused on industry-specific uh, services for automation. Uh, you know, their Cognizant Neuro is also allowing for faster cloud adoption, which, which you know, in this auto autonomous enterprise that Phil was talking about in 2023 will become very, very important. Um, the fourth Horizon 3 provider was IBM. Uh, IBM calls it extreme automation, uh, which, we, which we like not only as a term, but also because it starts to align business and IT uh, together, right? Uh, and drives outcomes. And then the whole use of IBM Garage to drive co-creation and this coming together of IBM Consulting uh, which brings together automation with the rest of the emerging technologies is a pretty strong value proposition. And last but not the least in these Horizon 3 providers was Wipro. Right? And, and I think what, what stood out for Wipro was uh, their focus on change management. Um, you know, the, the zero touch change uh, uh, philosophy and methodology that they have, uh, because if, as we've talked to many, many automation uh, initiative enterprises uh, running automation initiatives 
it is not the technology that is the frustration. It is the aspects around culture and change management uh, that drives the frustration uh, with with these initiatives. And Wipro's focus on change management should be, uh, you know, a lot of uh, and clients that we talked to uh, gave kudos to that. And then you know the whole the whole aspect of Wipro where. Uh, almost 67 or 70% of their economic interests are devoted to philanthropy, uh, sort of allows it to be a purpose-led organization uh, uh, when dealing with these initiatives. So I think it's, it's, it really drives that Horizon 3 purpose-led economy that uh, we've been talking to. So that's a quick summary of the, of the five Horizon 3 providers out of the 18, I would say the rest of them had very strong strengths, uh, Phil. So this was a hard one uh, for for us to, uh, you know, uh, take out. I, I feel overall the services landscape has matured quite well, uh, but still the focus needs to be on value creation, right? Not just going through the motions. I think enterprises are looking at cost reduction, efficiency, productivity as hygiene, right? If you're not delivering that through automation, then what's the point? Right? I, I, I think these are some service providers who are doing more and that's why we we position them as Horizon 3. Right, right. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about outcomes and we've talked a lot about reconstruction commercial models and particularly in the current labor environments. Do you think automation is going to have a major, major role to play in helping to shape, change the whole way that these commercial structures are operating, or do you think it's still a fairly long way off? Absolutely, I, I think you know, Phil. We've been, you and I have been talking about outcome-based pricing for donkeys years now, right? Maybe we met twenty years back, and even then we were talking about outcome-based pricing, and it's always been that question. But I think, given where we are. Uh, you know, from a macroeconomic perspective, where there's inflation, uh, supply chain disruption, you know, there's just so many macroeconomic and, and then a recession, so many macroeconomic headwinds combined with the fact that you need to grow, right? How do you do that, right? How do you triangulate those two? Uh, and I think uh, you have to delink uh, services revenue from effort. Uh, to be able to do that, right? And and I think automation can prove to be a great uh, vehicle uh, to drive that. In fact, in fact, when we when we looked at these eighteen service providers, uh, Phil, we are starting to see more and more pricing structures, especially around automation initiatives, to be more transaction driven. Uh, you know, automation as a service versus pure uh, bums on seats kind of pricing, right? So so there. I'm encouraged, at least from an automation perspective, how how this will, uh, you know, uh, manifest from a broader services context. Uh, I'm still hopeful. I, I think in a way, sometimes recessions and you know tough economy economies uh, push us into doing the right things that we should have done, you know, you know, five ten years ago. Yeah, well, I think to uh, 2008, we did a lot of papering over the cracks and and used easy options like offshore where it was one-to-one -one labor displacement but now it's the real painful stuff that's starting and uh, and uh, while it's going to be a complex year I think it's going to be an amazing year for consultants and analysts and some service providers who pick the right clients yeah it's a, a good time to observe the market uh, maybe not a great time to be making painful changes but here we are right so anyway um, I hope you will enjoy the report 
uh, you go to hfsresearch.com, click on our Horizons page under research, and you'll see a copy of our automation services uh, report. I think it's available for free for a little time. So get on there, read away, and send us any feedback. Thank you very much, Saurabh, and uh, thank you for uh, spending some time talking about this today.